Welcome to another episode of Scary Stories with Kalila. I'm Kalila Smith, and tonight's guest is Deanna DuPont. She works with me at Haunted History Tours. She does every tour that we do. <laughs> She's also the admin uh, manager. She is also a telephone person. You might get her on the phone when you call for a tour. And she has, I think, a dozen other jobs that she does on the side as well. And she's here to tell us about her experience with the Bell Witch because she's made a few trips there long before this was popular, by the way. This is a while back. And she actually has some fantastic photos to share with us. Welcome, Deanna. How are you? I am fine. It's great to be here. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited to have you. Thank you so much. So Thank glad you were able to do this. So, um, you know, you've been on the podcast before with the radio, and now we can actually show pictures. Right. And, uh, so this is exciting. So, what year was it when you went? Everybody's familiar, I guess, with the Bell Witch uh, in Adams, Tennessee. And supposedly this is the witch of uh, the ghost of a witch named Kay Bats, Kate Bats, who got into some sort of squabble over property with John Bell back in the 1800s. And when she died, supposedly she cursed him. And it is believed that his family, this became a generational curse which is just one of those real odd things. It does happen from time to time. And, um, you know, a lot of people wonder, what is this really? But you actually had some personal experiences and you weren't even really looking for anything specifically. No, uh, the first time we went, the very first time that I went, it was 2003. And I knew nothing about the Bell Witch or the history of it. I didn't know at the time about the movie American Haunting. Um, I watched that in between my first and second visit there. Um, I had remembered two visits to the Bell Witch Cave. I now have realized in going back through documents and things that there was actually three. So it was 2003 and then 2011 and then 2014. Wow. So uh, the 2003 was a you know, some friends got together and said, um, you know, let's take a trip up to Adams, Tennessee. There's this cool cave. It was one of those things where I'm thinking we're going caving. Um, I'm not thinking that it's going to be anything like it turned out to be. Uh, the second mm -hmm. time it was specifically based on, I want to see this thing in the uh, in its entirety, I want to know the facts behind it. I've seen the movie. I've um, read some books. I've read some some, some historical events and things. And I want to be able to put this uh, to rest my, what my mind was telling me the third time it was, they called me back and from, from the bell witch cave and asked me to come back up due to some of the experience we had had due to some of the pictures that we had, had sent them. Um, and the experiences were very different all three times on the first time. Like I said, I went with no knowledge of anything. So we had actually, we were leaving there prior to me beginning to think something's not right here. And being um, a slightly intelligent person, I tried to debunk everything. And I'm thinking, wow, they've got quite a thing going here. You know, they're, they're making sure that people have these experiences and they're making sure that this happens and whatnot. And I found over a period of time that wasn't the case. Uh, I, I wanna st state up front, I do not believe that Kate was a witch of any kind. Um, you know, this goes back to the time in history when anybody that did anything out of the norm or anything happened following a conversation of anger um, or somebody had land that someone else wanted or someone used 
essential oils, which it would be referred to as of today, everybody was labeled a witch. You were also labeled a witch if you did anything that they needed to get rid of, um, you know, or make you look bad. Uh, it was a control factor. It was everything from fear to control. So I don't believe that she was a witch. Um, I, I also believe, and I want to say this up front, that um, not having known anything about John Bell or his family, I didn't have any preconceived notions, um, even before watching the movie. When I watched the movie, I kind of thought, mm, this is definitely Hollywood's version of this tale. And after which I have my own version of what I think, what kind of person I think he was. I don't think that he was a fantastic human being. I think that he had some very dark things going on with him. So there may be a little bit of a generational curse there. Um, there may be a little bit of, um, of some curses in other ways, but I don't think it was put on by Kate. Um, Kate's family, however, believes that there is still a generational curse on her family and her descendants. John Bell's family does not believe that there's any curses left on his family. So going back to the beginning, 2003, we go up for a visit. Uh, the very first thing that happens, which was a very weird situation, was we get to, we're following the directions to a T. And in this day and time, in 2003, we were still using maps um, on paper, as well as trying to decipher, uh, you know, what was the very beginning of Google Maps and all this stuff. And we come to a big uh, cow pasture, basically, and they've got fences across and the fences all have padlocks, basically, on them. They're all, you know, there's there's um, uh, chains all around, you know, where you can't get in them, but they're bringing us to an entrance. And what we found out later was that this is the entrance that they use for their Halloween, quote unquote, spook house. Um, this is not what we were there for at the time. And uh, this is the gate that they would open to let the masses in when they have this spook house. They've had a lot of instances happen during those spook houses. And um, I don't think that the land really wants to be used as such. I think that they're bringing in a lot of their own problems when they are using this as a, you know, a haunted house type of thing. This is hallowed land. This is a cave that was there when Indians walked the land. This is a Indian burial ground on top of the cave. This was also a cave that like so many people did back in the day, they used it for food and storage and ice and, and things like that, you know, to keep things cool. Um, but they desecrated the graves when they did that. So the Bell family is responsible for that. And John Bell per se is responsible for that. So he, he took a lot of um, things that shouldn't have been messed with, you know, as they did back in that day. He wasn't the only one, of course, that did that. Um, many people here right in our town have um, off in the distance have family graves up on top of Indian mounds and things like that. So it happens. But this is one of those things. We get inside in 2003. We do the tour and they take you inside the cave. And at that particular time, it had rained for like five days previous to us coming. And so we did not get to enter the cave at all. So, again, I'm thinking they've got quite a little thing here. I just paid $50 basically <laughs> to do nothing, you know, so we, when I wanted to take my students back in, um, in 2011, and I said, I had been there before, but I hadn't been in the cave. I told them not to expect anything. 
None of them had seen the movie American Haunting, but I had, and I had already been there once and I felt like I wanted to go back. So here I go off with myself and a friend and these uh, three or four teenagers that were my students at the time. And we get up there and all of a sudden the gate that we were led to before that had the uh, chains around it, now you can go in. The whole time that you're driving through, you're driving through basically what is known as the Dell. Um, and it's, you're, you're, it's really creepy. It's nighttime um, and there's a lot of fog around. So, you know, you've got that Hollywood element that Hollywood didn't need to do anything to, to get. It's natural. And, um, but in the distance behind us, like as I'm driving, I'm looking in the rear view mirror and I'm thinking, what am I seeing? And it's like, there is something following us. Um, it's, and it's more than one thing. It's you, I'm looking in the rearview mirror and I'm seeing things that aren't supposed to be there. And I'm thinking maybe it's dogs. Um, maybe it's, you know, like sheep dogs or something like that. That's taking care of the land. I didn't think too much about it. We went forward, we parked our car. Uh, we went up to this little cabin, a cabin that was not there on the original land. They've moved it there again to make it look like original buildings and things like that. Something similar to what the bells would have had. And they give you the rules. And they tell you, you know, don't touch anything. Of course, we already knew. And I had already told my students, don't take anything. If you get in the cave, don't move a rock. Don't, you know, this is this is hallowed land. Um, and as we're walking around, it's just a very uh, it's a very hard feeling. It's a it's a very it's almost like you're kind of walking through quicksand, except you're not. Um, it, it's just it's very difficult to pinpoint exactly what I was feeling but it was not the greatest feeling in the world. Um, one of my students immediately contracted a headache and, um, but didn't say too much about it. She did say she had a headache, but she didn't think anything about maybe it's where we are or anything like that. Sure enough, we get into the cave and it's a cave. It's, it is a normal cave. You know, they're taking pictures. They're, they're letting you take pictures. They're using flashlights, but there's lights all the way through the cave. And of course, man-made lights that they've put out. So it's very well lit. And as you're walking, they're saying, you know, this is where they would have held the cold storage. And this is where, you know, they might've had a overnight, you know, incident where someone was sleeping to, because of tornadoes or whatever the case may be, they used it for protection. They used it for all these things. They didn't use it for what it was originally intended, which was the Indian burial ground. Um, as we're moving forward, they have a point where they turn off all the lights. And this, again, is your experience of the Bell Witch Cave. They tell you, stand very still. We want you to see how dark it would have been when they had no lights back in the day. And if a lantern went out or whatever the case may be. And as you both probably know, it's very, very pitch black in a cave when you turn the lights off and you're very disoriented to it. So they do that. They turn off the lights and they let you have that moment of, you know, of darkness. And then all of a sudden um, the lights come back on and you get your bearings and everything. You're able to take pictures the whole time that you're in there, whether the lights are off or whether the lights are on. I took quite a few pictures. And this is, of course, back in the day of um, actual cameras, film that you have to have developed, not film that you have on your phone immediately to see. And in those pictures were the craziest things. And at one point, Heather, one of my students who has multiple experiences whenever she goes anywhere, 
She is one of the people that matter of fact, she won't come to visit us in new Orleans because every time she's been to new Orleans, she's had very unexplainable and weird things happen. Crazy little things from phone chargers flying out of the wall that could be explained as a electrical event to pictures falling off the wall in a hotel on her head and the glass breaking over her head, which can be explained as, oh, it's a bad wall. It's New Orleans. The buildings are old. To her seeing a little girl in St. Louis number one cemetery um, and swearing that that little girl is there live and in person and we having to stay and watch until all of the security guards come out. This is back a million years ago um, to explain to her that this was not a real little girl. And she still to this day won't visit New Orleans anymore because she swears that the city hates her. And, you know, it's just she's always had experiences like this. So she keeps saying in the cave, I don't want to be here. I don't feel good about this. I don't want to be here. I want to go back there. And she's pointing over her shoulder back there and she keeps looking like she's going back there. She is the girl in one of the pictures that I presented you with that isn't there. Basically, she's half gone, like she's just not fully there. Um, there was a picture back in the day where all of us are together in the picture and she is literally not in the picture, but instead she's five or six feet behind us walking the other direction. Um, and it's her jacket and everything like that. And we never could explain that. Of course, over time, some pictures have been lost and, and, and gone who knows where. But so many different things. She also kept saying, there's a man in here and he does not want us in here. And she kept pointing over to this one wall. And so I snapped a picture of the wall. Now, granted, this is a real camera. And of course, you got to get the film you know, developed. But it does have a little screen on the camera so you can see that something comes up in the picture. And I said, look, nothing's there. When you get the picture developed, it's almost like a demonic type of person in the okay, picture. Yeah. Let's see that one. Let's, let's put that picture up here. Yeah. That, that, that creeped me out. I don't get creeped mm -hmm. out very easily, but it definitely looks like some sort of silhouette or, or image of a, person but with a very distorted face right exactly almost it almost looks as if maybe the face has a mask on it does it does and that's what she kept saying was this man and she was pointing to right where this picture was taken this man is in here he does not want us in here she never mentioned a mask or anything like that but she also didn't man mention what he looked like um, once we got the pictures back she took a look at the picture walked away she didn't want to talk about it she wasn't going to talk about it anymore so um, we get done in the cave. There's a lot. There's just a lot of heaviness that you can't get rid of. And when you leave the cave, the heaviness stays with you. So we're walking back. We're leaving the cave. We're leaving the experience. And I, I look back over my shoulder and I still think that I'm seeing a dog or something that is behind us. Um, and I'm like, you know, these this family that's got this land now, they've got these dogs that are everywhere and may or maybe it's part of the experience, too. And I didn't think too much about it. But as we're leaving to go back to the car and you have to walk a good little ways to go back to the car, there's we feel like there's pebbles. All I mean, we're in grass and there's some pebbles down in the grass and stuff, but we feel like they're everywhere. They're like hitting us in the hands and things like that. We get to the car and we open the car door and there's rocks all in the uh, floorboard of the car. And so I 
I accused the friend that was with me of taking things out of the cave. And she's like, I got to the car the same moment you did. You have the keys. The doors have been locked. How could we have done this? We couldn't explain that. But regardless of where those rocks came from, I made everyone in the car pick the rocks back up and we walked back over to the cave and put them by the door because on the slight chance that that's where they were from, I wasn't taking any chances. Um, I still don't know how they got there. And I forgot, I just really forgot about it. So we leave there, we stop at a coffee shop about two or three blocks down the road when you get back on the main road. And as we're getting back in the car, um, we're sitting in the car. I look in my rear view mirror and I look in my side mirror of my car. And all I'm doing is checking to make sure that there's no cars coming as I pull out of this parallel spot that I'm in. And I see what looks like a huge fire behind me. And I look over my shoulder and there's no fire. But if I look in my rear view mirror, there's a fire. If I look in my side mirror, there's a fire. And I asked the people that were with me, I'm like, okay, turn around is there a fire behind you? Everybody's like, no. I said, look in the rear view mirror, look in the side mirror. And they all are saying that white house over there is on fire. So um, I did some research. We went on. We didn't think too much about that, but it did look like there was a huge fire behind us. I didn't have anything to, to blame it on, but I did some research when I got home and that whole area had burned down right around the time that Kate had, uh, had died. And I still had no story. In 2013, 14, when they called us back uh, to come back up there, they called us back because we had turned the pictures in and I had actually sent them a letter based on what our experiences were to ask questions. And at the time I worked for Artist Arena and I was doing a lot of interview processes and things like that. And they said, we want you to come back up and we want you to talk with some of the Bell um uh, descendants and things like that. And of course I took that opportunity and went back up and they explained that the house that we saw that was on fire did indeed burn to the ground back at that time. It is the descendants of Kate Bell that still to this day live in that house. It has been rebuilt, but that whole area did catch fire. There was nothing unusual about the fire, things caught in, on fire, candles, things like that back in that day. There wasn't any reason for them to think that it was um, anything sinister but they have said that numerous people over the years can see in reverse that fire, but not going forward, only in reverse. They also have complained a lot since then about people reporting that there are rocks in the car when they get to the car from the cave and that their car was locked. Um, and a lot of people have reported these wolves that they see. And I think, Kalila, you had the same experience. I did because I don't remember the year I was there, but it was it was quite a while back. I mean, it was probably closer to that the the first, your first time you went, right? And um, I don't know the exact year that it was. I know that it was in February. I think it was very cold there and very foggy at night, and they were having some sort of a paranormal uh, event for the weekend, and they had people that were going there to spend the night in the Bell Cabin. That's actually on a school ground now. And um, I was actually brought up there to do a seance in the Dell and then discuss it on a panel the following day. And then that following night would be when all of the paranormal investigators were going to be spending the night in the cabin. And I did not research, like with most things, I don't research ahead of time. I didn't know the history of it. I had heard of the Bell Witch. I didn't know a whole lot about it. 
I uh, just knew somebody was a witch and she put a curse on somebody. And that was about it, you know, because, of course, I was busy always just, you know, researching things in my area for the tours and for books and so forth. So I went up there not knowing a whole lot about it other than that it was just a legend. So they took me out to the Dell. And it was quite a creepy experience because I didn't drive a car through there. They took us on what looked like a hayride. That's the only thing I could relate it to. It was like this big tractor thing and it had hay in it and everybody's sitting in there and they're pulling us with a tractor across this big, huge field. And it was like, okay, this, so this is what, you know, you know, you see the song, the farmer in the Dell and it's like, okay, well, so here's, this is what a Dell looks like. And it's like, okay. And um, they bring us out to a wooded area. There was actually a wooded area, and in the middle of the woods, there was a clearing. Very, very creepy. Um, and in this area, he says, the guy that had it said, you know, this is where we want you to do the seance. And I'm like, okay, all right, whatever. And so <laughs> I got everybody together. And, I mean, I got, I got everybody in a circle. We were holding hands to kind of keep that energy in so that if anything did come fourth in the seance that it would come in the circle and that we kind of I had done some protective uh prayers ahead of time to keep all the energy in the circle and to keep everybody safe and um you know basically people were just going to say what they saw so if somebody sees something or have such something's touching you or what have you say it well we had some point in the seance where somebody did claim to see a woman dressed in white and the, and she's in a nightgown and the, the girl starts crying and all of this stuff. You know, I didn't see anything. Um, nobody else did either, just her. And then I became very, very aware of something outside of the circle. And it was growling. And it was circling. I would hear it growling far away and then I would hear it come very close to me. And when it would come very close to me, I mean, this thing was standing upright. This thing was tall. I could feel it breathing on my neck. I mean, it was pretty creepy. And I was like, you know, thinking to myself, oh my God, can this stuff in? I don't know what the hell this is behind me, but this is not good. Whatever this is, it's not good. And, you know, and I finally said something. I said, is anybody aware of anything outside the circle? And a couple of people said, yes, yeah, something's growling. And so it's like, okay, I'm not the only one that's experiencing this. And I started getting a very foreboding feeling. And being a medium, a lot of people don't realize what comes to a medium oftentimes, you're getting mental pictures. It's, it's called mental mediumship. I mean, um, I'm basically being told something by whatever this thing is. And the interpretation of what I was getting is they wanted everyone to leave. We don't want you here. We don't want you here where you know we just want you to leave all we want is peace all we want is for people to just leave the land alone and i just started getting a very very strong impression that this was something that was very connected to the land itself and it wasn't until the next day when i started hearing i actually start, heard the story after the fact and you know they wanted my opinion and i told them what my opinion was you know and my opinion was that you know this woman's not a witch this has got nothing to do with witchcraft of course this has got nothing to do with this poor woman who died that this man stole the land from and and kind of you know ripped her off i said it's got nothing to do with that it's more of the the bell family and what they did what he did specifically to that land to that cave and at the time i couldn't get in the cave because it had rained and couldn't get in the case. So like I said, it was very close around the time that you went. 
couldn't get in the cave and it rained for days and it was flooded and there was no getting into it. So we didn't get to experience that. But I, I felt very strongly, and it wasn't until after I got home that I really researched the area that I found out it was on the Trail of Tears. Oh. And I, I mean, I told them there, I said, I really feel like these are indigenous spirit, spirits that are connected to the land and they just want everybody to go home. And I said, I know that's not what you paid me to come here to say. And, you know, it's a big disappointment to everybody. But please do not spend the night in that cabin because they don't want you here. They just want you to go away. Now, when we were leaving the Dell the night of the seance, you know, of course, I, I made everybody mad by saying that because, you know, everybody came to pay to stay in the, the, uh, the, the cabin. And I'm telling them, no, no, spirits don't want you there. And they wanted me to come and I refused to go. And I said, I can't. I said, I've already got, you asked me to connect with spirit. I connect with spirit. I tell you what spirit says. Spirit told me to go back to the hotel room and let it go. And that's what I have to do. <laughs> you know, I've got a responsibility to spirit before anybody else. But when we left the Dell, after I closed the circle and everything just, all the energy kind of went back to normal and we were on our way back to the Dell, that's when I saw that fog. I saw the rolling fog. It was like rolling. It was just this thick, heavy, rolling fog. And like what you would see in a movie. And it was coming up behind us and in it, I would see these faces darting out. And it was like, I'm sitting here thinking, I was facing the back and I'm sitting here thinking, God, it looks like, it looks like wolves running inside this fog. And I think, okay, you know, maybe it's just me. And there was a guy sitting next to me <laughs> and I said, excuse me, um, do you see anything in that fog? And he says, yeah, wolves. And I was like, okay, somebody else sees it. And that's when it's like, this is, you know, in my interpretation, and I, I didn't grow up in Native American culture, but from what I had studied in my interpretation of that, and I have a very good friend who's uh, Choctaw, and what I've always been told was that wolves or black dogs would oftentimes show up as guardians of sacred grounds. Right. And I felt like, you know, these are, this isn't some scary woo-woo thing. This is, they're doing their job. They're protecting the land. And they don't want any more people back here desecrating, uh, you, you know, these, this, this area. They just don't want it. This is not where you want to go poking around. This is not a haunted attraction. Right. And, and gaining money off of it. Well, exactly. And, and, and you know, far be it for me to criticize that because, I mean, you know, you and I both, we're, we're in the haunted attraction right. business, but we're not desecrating, no. you know, making money off a of desecration of lands. And they didn't like the fact that I said that. But, you know, you talk about the generational curse, and it's very, very similar. The only other place that I know of that had that generational curse going on was the Myrtle's Plantation. Mm -hmm. And similar situation, General Bradford, I mean, he, he desecrated a Native American burial ground right there and literally dug these remains up of these people on their land and burned the remains and then built a plantation on it and gave it to his daughter. I mean, you what know, a gift. you know, and then, you know, it'd be, Oh, it's the most haunted place in the United States. Well, I, I guess it is. And it went not just in their family, but whoever owned that house, it was one right after another, right after another. Now as time went by, it kind of started waning down a little bit to where it wasn't quite, you know, what it was before. But, um, there's definitely something to be said about desecrating burial grounds and 
and also what generational curse absolutely and what you do on that land with the you know different levels i mean desecration is desecration it is it's depending on who you ask with the bell family or with kate's family um of course it's all hearsay you know i hate to even bring it up because it's all hearsay at this point it's been so many years ago there's no proof to it or whatever but depending on who you ask and depending on what they believe that john bell did or didn't do and what he did in that cave or possibly did in that cave to other people. Um, that play comes to, into play, I believe, in some cases. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who believe that, that he molested his children, his daughter. Um, there's other people that believe he didn't. It just depends on who you ask. I, I, never, heard yeah, I never heard any of that. But I yeah, mean, basically, when I was told, I went by what spirit put in my head right. and what I saw. And basically what I was told was, we don't want anybody here. Right, exactly. You know, and playing ghost hunter. We don't want that here. Just please get these people to leave. Right. Get the people to leave. Just leave everything alone and let it be. Right. And and that was the message I delivered. Of course, I was never invited back up there again. <laughs> and the guy who invited <laughs> me never spoke to me again in life. Yeah, it was just like, well, you know, I'm sorry. You know, it's like I have to do what spirit says and I have to respect, you know, what spirit's telling me because I don't want to get to the other side and I got those those wolves looking at me going okay why did you do that it's like oh no 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 and I have to say that in that night the following night that the people spent the night in that cabin everyone got violently ill right and that was the other thing that was being put in a lot of the reviews that people left sick and things like that so um also when we went back in 2014 they they took us or they took me out to and again, in the Dell, but there's a fence that separates the area that they consider open to the public events and what they consider the family's private property. And on that family's private property is where John is actually buried. John Bell is actually buried and his daughter is buried out there. Originally, there was one grave for John Bell. And after American Haunting, the movie came out, so many people jumped fences and went on private property and tried to desecrate his grave. Um, that they ended up having to move the grave. But I went out to where he is actually buried and they said that, you know, I mean, I know that dogs will, will dig up graves, but for some reason, animals are very attracted to this particular spot and they have to have somebody daily go out and, and kind of take care of the land because of it. And I, I found that a little odd too, because yeah, having family in cemeteries, it's not something that you have to go out every day and take care of a dog digging up graves you know uh yes you do occasionally but not that often the other thing is that red river church i think it's called red river church is right down the road in adams tennessee and that is where the family attended church now that church has been torn down another church has been put up but it's still a very primitive like church and um when i went back in 2014 and they were talking about they had had problems with this church the family had been kicked out of the church at one time when john was still alive and then you know redid it and everything we went to that church and the church was all locked up and then the door opened. Um, there's no one inside. We went inside. We couldn't get out. The door locked behind us. We couldn't get out for about 30 minutes. And to this day, we finally did get out. But to this day, because of the creepiness, even in the church there that I felt, I wish that I had researched that more. I wish I had stayed in longer. I wish I hadn't have letting my emotions get the best of me to see what that was about because the, the stream runs right behind there and there's stories about that too. So 
all of that was Indian territory, not just the cave, all yeah, of, of their land. Yeah, all, all of that, yeah, it's all, right. all it's, it's all part of the Trail of Tears. I mean, it's, right. it's, right. it's very heavy uh, Cherokee influence, I believe. Yes, so, I think it is. Um, yeah, I think it's Cherokee, but it's just, yeah. you, you know, it's, it's dreadful what they did to people. It, it's just horrific. And, you know, it's, you know, it even gets me like in the chest, you know, this lump in my chest when you think about this. You know, these people were disrespected in their life. Their land was stolen from them. Right. I mean, can you imagine somebody coming in, taking your land away from you and you're sent off somewhere else and on your way there, you know, you're having to bury your loved ones wherever you could. And this horrible thing. And then you have some monster come behind you and not only steal the land, but go in and desecrate your, your family's grave. and you know, destroy the family's remains that are in, it's just, it, I mean, it creates an abomination. It really does. You can't just do that to people. Right. You really can't just do that to people. And it, it's horrific what people back then did. And even people today, I mean, honestly, you know, you and I have both done the nighttime cemetery tours. I mean, we right. know how bad people can behave. I mean, to the point, such to the point that we've gotten kicked out of, you know, tour companies have gotten kicked out of cemeteries in New Orleans just because of the bad behavior right. of people. I mean, we had, when we first started the bus tour, you know, we let people bring cocktails. It's New Orleans. They're bringing cocktails. We're taking them inside cemeteries and we're telling them you have to be respectful. I mean, you had people in there urinating on graves. You had people getting in arguments on graves. You had people kicking headstones. And it was like, okay, you know, this isn't, this isn't a, a styrofoam spook house set. Okay. You need to stop. And it got to the point where we got kicked out of just about every, Everything got locked up and people were like, well, why can't we go to the cemeteries? Because you people behave badly because people come here and they treat our cemeteries very badly and they're very disrespectful and the spirits here are not going to allow that. Whether so, it's a cemetery and someone acting a fool or whether it's, you know, someone desecrating an Indian burial ground 300, 200 years ago, it all boils down to the karma that's going to come from stuff like that, you know, it's, it's and horrible. it's, it is, it's horrible. It's horrible. Um, there was a girl when we went in, in the second time, when I took my students, one of the girls that I was telling you about, um, she, to this, like, she won't, of course, she won't come to New Orleans. She won't go back to Adams, Tennessee. As a matter of fact, if she hasn't experienced it, she's going to be where she can't travel anywhere sooner or later because she continues to have these experiences wherever she goes. But she had, um, she even appeared, like I said, in a couple of pictures where her whole body wasn't there in the picture like everyone else. In that day and time, those pictures were excused as some kind of phenomenon when they were developed. Um, you know, some bad photo taking or whatever. But if you put it together with the facts that they gave us when I went back and researched and other people had had the same experience, and then you put it together with what we know from the paranormal, there are similarities to different things. Someone, oh, absolutely. Yeah, someone. Now, let's see the picture with the girls. It looks like she looks like she's Photoshopped because it looks like she's superimposed, a very bad superimposed, a girl in the middle. And it, she's part of her face is actually in her head. Part of her head and face have disappeared. Right. And blending into the background. And 
you know, again, I mean, I used to be a photographer and I can see by, by the, the depth of the photo, I can see that this was done on film. This is not a digital picture. Right. You know, I can see um, that this was a film picture. And back then there was no Photoshop. There was no, you know, modifying something like this. And I know what it looks like if you have, you know, a double exposure. I know what it looks like if you have, sometimes you had a little bit of light, you know, if you had something happen, a little bit of light getting into the camera, it would affect the photograph or if the film was bad. And, and I can't see any physical explanation for that. And what's very strange about that is we've had similar photographs like that taken in some of the New Orleans cemeteries in right. and around them. Uh, and it's like, okay, you know, this is, this is miles and miles apart, several states away and years difference. And we're, st I'm still seeing that kind of photographic phenomena happening in places that's the only similarity with the Bell Witch Cave would be that it's a burial ground that, and I'm very convinced that a lot of these burial grounds, if not all of them, but certainly a lot of them, especially the older ones or the ones that have been around for, you know, centuries like that have, they actually are doorways to the other side. I believe that they intersect, our world intersects with the spirit world. And I say that because of like Holt, where I've literally seen people walking and then they vanish into nowhere. Right. So, you know, that's the only thing I can think of is that because, you know, again, you know, the old charity hospital cemetery where we've seen that kind of thing take place on a photograph, uh, to my knowledge, it's not Native American burial ground uh, because that was actually a drained swamp. Right. But who's to say they didn't use that swamp? But it was a burial ground for people back in the 1800s, 17, 1800s with the yellow fever. It was, you know, right. indigents, people who were homeless, people who uh, were not claimed. And, and that went on for generations. So you still have that intersection of, you know, what I would call a vortex, like a doorway to the other side. And I think that that's what you have with the uh, Bell Witch Cave as well. Now you have another photo where it kind of looks like people are shuffling around. It everybody kind of looks like they're moving around a little bit, you know? And I think this is the one where she's missing from the she's picture. Completely missing. In between the girl with the red sweatshirt and the woman on the far right with the yellow sweatshirt, there was another person in that picture. Um, and it was there when I looked into, I mean, literally I took the picture. I, that was there. She was there and she's nowhere to be found. Um, but if you look off very far in the right past the woman with the yellow sweatshirt to the right, you will see something pink. Mm -hmm. That's her walking off. Yeah. That's, that's, jacket. Yeah, but that's the back of her. That's, that's the, right. Yeah. And again, that's similar. I've seen that type of photograph and we've discussed this before uh with billy roberts you know that type of a photograph happening right there at that you know intersection of those cemeteries right uh and by this mind, this charity is... hospital one yeah that guy where one of the ticket sells it was people we knew and i looked at the picture and i said well you know where's where's michael where is he and they said well he's in the photograph i'm like he's not in the photograph he's in one and then the other one and if you look down the sidewalk you see his back and it looks like he's walking away and they swore that when the picture was taken he was there and if you remember there's a similarity here because if you remember he said the only thing that he was thinking about was the graves that he was looking at at the other cemetery and so his mind was not on where he was. His mind was on 
where he actually appeared in that picture. Yeah, he was and wanting in, to be down there, down the street, right. to look at that other cemetery. She wanted to be gone. And it's very gone. weird. It's it's almost like a like the like the cat. It's almost like a Twilight Zone episode yes. where the camera captured a mental projection of what they wanted, where they right. wanted to be in that photograph. And it, it's such a strange phenomenon, just the fact that, you know, again, this is happening in Adams, Tennessee, what, you know, in 2000, what, 2000? That was before 11, yeah. 2011, and then the same picture, similar situation, very similar situation is happening in New Orleans at a completely different cemetery right. in what, 2018? Right. And it's like, okay, you know, that's, that's very, very strange. Very much and so. Nobody can really give an explanation of this. Nobody really can give an explanation, but I have to believe, I mean, in this case, I know you and I know you're not going to lie about something. And yeah. with the case with the one at the cemetery in New Orleans, I knew all of those people that were in it. They all worked at, right. at our visitor center and they sent the picture to me because they were freaked out by it. So they don't have any, they got, they have no reason to, to make up this stuff. I mean, they've got better things to do than make up stuff like this. Right. And it, I, I had, I can't explain it. Definitely can't explain it. Now was, um, was there another picture? I think there's another picture. Um, I think there is. Yeah, I think there's another picture. There we go. Okay, so we have everybody kind of, I don't know if they're walking into the cave or they're walking out of the cave. I believe this is walking into the cave. Now, is that her ahead of the girl with the ponytail? Yes. Or is and she missing? Pink. Okay. You can see basically just the one pink. right arm of the pink. Yes. But you'll notice that there's almost like an entity to the left of her. Yeah, there's something. Yeah, there's definitely something very strange right there to the left. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then you had one more picture that I called crazy shot. And uh, <laughs> and this one, actually, some of it looks like the camera might have moved. Now, you see that little right. light widget thing that almost looks like a, a J, backwards J. And some of the the way the light distorts the way it is. Now that's pretty typical of movement, right? And and light infractions and so forth. Because, but what's weird? Now I'll tell you what's strange. The strange part about it, unless somebody was really just shaking, is that it, you see that it's vertical. There's movement going up and down. You know, the light's kind of infracted up, so it's kind of a vertical thing. But if you look to the right of that big red streak going up if you look to the right it looks like it's smearing left and right horizontally yeah horizontally or some kind of horizontal movement it's very very strange picture but but definitely that um that that j looking that up that backwards j looking thing that is a light and i've yes. i've seen that before um where the light just kind of breaks up and usually um, I would say it had something to do with whatever the, you know, the speed was of the camera at the time. And maybe because it was so dark, you had a little bit of a time lapse in there when the shot was taking. And then, because I, we used to do shots like that when I was in photography, when I was taking photography, we used to go to the airport out at Lakefront, crazy when I was young and crazy. And we would go out on the airfield with in, in at the, the small uh, lakefront airport and lay down with the cameras 
right by the landing strip and get right. the planes at night when they were landing and you, and the light would do that. You would get that effect and would use like a really fast 400 film and you would get that, that, that breaking up of the light. So that's, that seems to be a photographic. Right. And that's one of the reasons exactly. I included that picture was to show the difference because like the one where the head is missing, part of her head is missing. It's totally in focus. The whole picture is right. totally in focus. Um, you know, and where someone's missing, it's totally in focus. Whereas that one you can look at and go, this is somebody shaking the camera or, you know, moving movement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's movement. And there was something, something, some sort of time lapse. And I would say because of the lighting, the camera right. speed and the lighting were a bit off. So you've got a little bit of that, that, um, transition going on there. And I think that that's what's happening with that because that's real typical of that. And I've seen it a million times. But yeah, the other ones, it's like, I can't think of any explanation right. to, to what could have caused that. And that, that, that thing, that, that thing that looks like a demon, that's, that's yeah. pretty creepy. That is bizarre because yeah. it almost looks like a human, but it almost also looks like they have some sort of a mask or something over their face. Right. Um, or Looking directly at us um mm -hmm. and right where she said there's a man right there and right. the picture to prove her wrong so that's eerie in itself you know oh, absolutely yeah. absolutely it's it's definitely uh there's definitely a creepy factor there right and, and i have to be honest with you as far as you know like i've never been to the church thing but from what you told i wouldn't want to go i i right. just kind of it's like, no, nah, I don't think so. But I really truly believe that that what they're dealing with, I think that the whole thing with the Kate thing, I think she got a bad rap because people, yeah. anything that people didn't understand back then, they are going to call it a witch. They're going to label it a witch. It's always a witch or, you know, it's super, they're going to blame it on something supernatural. I mean, they, they, they blamed, you know, epidemics on supernatural causes. I mean, anything they didn't understand, they're going to blame it on that. And of course, if her, you know, she's cursing someone, <laughs> right. you know, and then she dies and then horrible things happen, you know, no doubt, you know, that's what they did back then. But I really feel that those spirits that are there are definitely connected to the land. And like I said, I don't know that much about the Native American culture, but I have found what little bit I do know that there's a large parallel between that and the African Mm -hmm. traditional religions and I do know about voodoo and I know in the voodoo tradition like like where we have those you know cemeteries in New Orleans there is an entire realm of spirits mm -hmm. and they're called the Gede and they do nothing but protect those burial grounds and you pretty much find that in any early religion you have a realm of spirits and that's what they do that's their job you know okay. they're not demons they're not you know they're not going to do anything to you unless you provoke them and the number one way to provoke them is to take something from a cemetery so if you're digging up bodies and just absolutely desecrating you know the remains of people and then using the i mean that's i i it doesn't get much worse than that right exactly and what happens is you anger those spirits and they're doing their job mm -hmm. <laughs> they're going to try to get rid of you and that's what they're that's what they're there to do and, um, you know, I, I didn't really see the movie. I'm not a big fan of watching um, horror movies on stuff that was like based on a true story because it's never, never anything new <laughs> what the true story is. I guess it's kind of ruined for me. But, um, you know, I just can't imagine between that and the murder of somebody doing anything, you know, worse to a burial site. It's just, yeah. 
you know it's it's horrific it really is horrific and just from what i gathered what little bit i know what little bit i was told i don't feel that john bell was a very nice person right i i you know i feel like he was very underhanded and i think he took it and it's just my opinion you know um everybody's got an opinion but um my opinion is is that he swindled kate absolutely yes he swindled her and he outsmarted her and he took advantage of her because she was older and she, you know, she was there on her own and, you know, he took advantage of it and she realized it after the fact. And he basically, you know, he stole the land from the natives. He stole the land from her. Right. So, you know, this, this was not a nice person and he was very selfish and, you know, I, right. you know, I kind of feel like he brought that stuff on himself. I mean, right. You know, and that's what some of the things that some of their de descendants are saying now is that if this is uh, if this was a curse that was brought on by the Indians or brought on by the spirits that protect that hallowed ground, they're doing the exact same thing now by opening it up as a as a fun oh. house, as a spook house, as a haunted attraction. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. nothing. Yeah, it's just. You know, it's one thing, and you know, and there's haunted tours all over the place, and we have them, and we do them. It's one thing to talk about stories at different places, but right. you know, when we enter a cemetery, you, you you take on a totally different persona, and you have to be respectful. That's right. And to intentionally know that this was what it was. This is a burial ground. This was desecrated, and this curse came of it. And so let's open up a haunted attraction and invite people over to take money from them. Right. I mean, you know, no offense to anybody who's doing it. Good luck. But I still, I personally, from a spiritual perspective, I think that, you know, you're going to have some spiritual repercussions for that kind of, for taking on that kind of a thing, because, you know, the spirits are still there. I mean, there's no matter what you do, you can remove the bodies you can, you know, you can go try to burn it all down. It doesn't matter on an energetic level. Those spirits are still there and those spirits are going to protect what it is they're going to protect. And, um, you know, we've seen this time and time again. I mean, you know, look at all the people that would go to Hawaii and take things from volcanoes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, okay, the spirit is going to come after you for doing that because you're not supposed to do it. Right. I mean, you know, people disrespect the, the spirits of the dead. People dis disrespect cultures and they disrespect, you know, uh, all kinds of things. They disrespect the earth. Mm -hmm. But we are running out of time. We have got to go. So, Deanna, tell us how people can get in touch with you. If they want to know um, more. I have about my website, DeannaDupont.com. Um, I work a lot of different jobs, most of which are with Haunted History Tours, but others, other jobs including. And um, they can reach me on that website. And um, you can always reach me at KalilaSmith.com. But we are running out of time, folks. Deanna, thank you so much. Thank you for having really me. Really appreciate you sharing this with us. Thank you. Um, everybody, thank you for joining us. And we hope you join us again for another episode of Stories, Scary Stories with Kalila. Good night. <laughs>